0: Now, since I'm making an episode about the Holy Roman Empire, I should obviously mention the faulty record that it was neither holy, nor Roman, nor an empire. It's important to look at the context though. Voltaire lived through the 1700s, where the empire was very much in its decline. He was also French and part of the Enlightenment movement, so he understandably took a somewhat negative view of the empire, viewing it as something of a relic of the past that had no place in modern society. So just how true is his statement? Well, although the term holy wasn't used until some 350 years after its creation, the holy element was absolutely essential for the empire to function. Its primary purpose was to provide a stable political order for all Christians. The emperor was supposed to be the guardian of the pope and defend his subjects against infidels. At the time, the thought of a secular power was inconceivable without any reference to a divine authority. In practice, of course, the various emperors and popes throughout the years had somewhat strained relations, and the papacy became less and less involved in the empire's politics as the years went on. The term holy empire was first years in used in 1157 by the ruling Stauffer family, who tried to shift the emphasis from a monarch to a transpersonal, Holy Empire, that had already sanctified as the vain mission, and therefore the empire did not need approval from the pope. So in effect, the addition of the word holy was actually an attempt to distance the empire from the papacy. Now Roman, that's a lot more tricky. It may seem obvious to some that it was quite clearly not Roman, it was German. It's pretty clear that it was not a direct continuation of the Roman Empire. And even if it was, it wouldn't have revived the Western Roman Empire that actually had Rome as its capital. But rather, it would have inherited its Romanness from the new Greek Eastern Roman Empire, when the title of Emperor was transferred from Constantinople back to Rome. The debate between the Latin West and the Greek East had been growing stronger over the preceding couple of centuries. Charlemagne was crowned in the year 800 with a somewhat tenuous link to the ancient Roman Empire. The prestige and authority commanded by the title of Roman Empire still held a lot of weight in the west, and Charlemagne was recognized as emperor, giving him immense power and status. People at the time really did view the empire as a direct continuation from ancient Rome. Frankish rule over Italy didn't begin until 774, and although the Franks had been Christianized and even somewhat Romanized, they didn't want to completely lose their own identity. As the years went on, of course, it became much less Roman and much more German. After a few centuries, most emperors didn't even travel south of the Alps, and their entire reign except to be crowned by the Pope. And even that was discounted after Charles V. The word empire doesn't really have a universally agreed-upon definition, so it's not really possible to definitively say that it was or wasn't an empire. The idea of an emperor was that he was a monarch above that of a king, a sort of king of kings. Now, according to the divine mandate, the Roman Empire was to be the last and greatest empire, and there could only be one. The idea of an empire was singular and universal, This idea of singularity was deeply rooted in Christian thought at the time. Empires could not coexist. This was based on the theory of translatio Imperi, the pretext used by the Pope to transfer authority from Constantinople. For most of its history, the Holy Roman Empire was referred to as simply the Empire. Without any qualifiers, even in official documents, there were no other empires that were recognized in the West. For most of its history, the Holy Roman Empire wasn't just an empire it was THE empire. Whether or not it could be classed as an empire by today's standards is debatable. The empire was quite decentralized, and many of the regional princes committed more power in their territory than the emperor did. The Holy Roman Empire was quite a unique political entity. There's not really much else that is comparable. The Holy Roman Empire used a complex system of feudalism to rule over its many territories. Local authority was delegated to vassals, who would normally enter and have their own vassals, creating a hierarchy of lords and vassals who swore allegiance to each other. Lords would protect their vassals, and vassals would help and advise their lords, and often pay them in cash, work, or military assistance. Vassals could either be immediate or mediate vassals. Immediate vassals were those that were immediately subordinate to the emperor, while immediate vassals had at least one overlord between themselves and the emperor. Immediate vassals of the emperor were referred to as imperial princes. And their territories were imperial estates. Imperial estates could pay a general tax to the empire to take part in the imperial diet or the Reichstag. Those who did not pay the tax were not involved in decisions and had no vote. After 1489, the imperial estates were divided into three separate chambers or colleges. Prince electors, imperial princes, and imperial cities. There were also the imperial knights, were immediate vassals of the Emperor, but not represented. Counts and other nobles did not have a vote despite their immediacy status, although they were grouped into benches that had a collective vote. The prince electors were considered of a higher status than that of the other princes. The prince electors had the important task of electing the Emperor. For most of the Empire's history, there were seven prince electors, three ecclesiastical electors, and four secular electors. The elective process quickly became corrupt, and the imperial title was pretty much just gained via bribery. In the year 1500, the empire was divided into six imperial circles. The circles were created to better organize the empire's defensive structures, as well as to facilitate tax collection. In 1512, a further three were added, and Saxony was divided into two. There were also areas that were not part of any imperial circle, most notably Bohemia, plus the Swiss and Italian parts of the empire. Now, unfortunately, due to its complexity, it's impossible to represent the hierarchy of the Holy Roman Empire with a neat little pyramid, with the emperor at the top. There was no single chain of command, and many of the internal hierarchies were interconnected. Imperial princes could have the same political status as each other, but with different prestige based on their noble titles such as king, duke, count, and so on. The most powerful imperial estate for centuries, Austria, created their own title, Archduke. Brandenburg Prussia became a kingdom in 1701, but for the first 71 years, kings were titled king in Prussia as opposed to king of Prussia because Prussia fell outside the territory of the empire, and therefore did not need or did not require imperial authorization. Prussia was well on its way to becoming a great power in its own right, so really there was nothing the empire could do to stop them anyway. At the start of this episode, I mentioned that the Holy Roman Empire was comprised of three core kingdoms, Germany, Italy, and Burgundy, plus Bohemia, but that's a lot different. So who was the king of Germany, and how did this title play into the hierarchy of the empire? Well, the king of Germany, Italy, and Burgundy were three separate titles. But in practice, for the most of the empire's history, all three titles were held by the same person, who was actually the emperor as well. This wasn't always the case, and in the earlier years, it was more complicated. But generally speaking, it was one person that held all titles. Bohemia was its own autonomous kingdom, being elevated from a duchy in 1198. The Bohemian crown lands came under Habsburg's rule from the 15th century onwards, with some gaps. So many of the Bohemian kings were in fact emperors simultaneously. The Holy Roman Empire lasted for just over a thousand years and oversaw Central Europe's transformation from a feudal agrarian and religiously uniformed region to an increasingly centralized urban and religiously divergent one. While the Holy Roman Empire was a significant power for a large part of its history, it didn't seem to be able to survive the changes in European society that eventually rendered it obsolete. This has been a little bit about the Holy Roman Empire. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new. I think learning about history is really fun. If you'd like me to continue making episodes on history, then let me know by sending me a DM on Instagram. You can find me at Learning About The World Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then definitely keep listening to the podcast, because lots of episodes are like this are available now or coming out soon, and you should definitely leave the podcast a rating. Thank you for listening to this episode, and have a great day.